I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, trusting that we are all well. Amen, church? You see, um, everybody crying. about the heat that we are facing. And I think the heat should propel us in action. We should be lively instead of being subdued. Amen, church? Today, I preach to you from the text Matthew 16, verses 1 to 17. This is a pretty, pretty interesting text from the Gospel of Matthew. And today, I want you to listen carefully as I preach this word to you that was laid on my heart by God. And the theme for this text today takes the form of a question. Who do you say Jesus is? I ask this question again. I repeat. Who do you say Jesus is? Let us pray. Almighty God, righteous God, today we come before you in your presence humbly, Lord, as we await and anticipate your word. We ask, Lord, that you will give us an attitude that we will be receptive to your word as it goes forth. Lord, I pray today as your man's servant that you will hide me behind the cross, that they will not see me, but they will see you high and lifted up. I pray that you will empower me, your man's servant, through your Holy Spirit, that whatever I preach today will be thus say the Lord. Take over right now. In Jesus' name, we ask and pray. Amen and amen. Is there any doubt about Jesus being the Messiah, the Christ, the Son of God? Or is he just another prophet to us, a miracle worker, or a mere man? Biblical text has predicted that the Messiah will come and deliver his people out of bondage. So today, church, I ask the question again to the church, who do you say Jesus is? And I want you to ponder on this question. Because it's a very relevant one and a very important one. 
Because sometimes we are in church, and I can tell you, we don't really know or what to say or what we think about Jesus Christ. Amen, church? So today, as I go further in this message, we want to look at the meaning of the term, the Messiah. And as we look at this term, I want to answer this question on behalf of myself and also the church, that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. So when we look at the term Messiah here this morning, I want you to listen to me carefully as I outline this message to you that Jesus Christ is indeed the Messiah sent by God. The Messiah is the instrument by whom God's kingdom is to be established in Israel and in the world. The Messiah is the servant of Yahweh, our God. The Messiah is the very anointed one of God. The Messiah is a king who plays a central role in the kingdom of God. The Messiah is the son of God. The Messiah will exercise universal dominion and who will never be superseded. The Messiah is co-equal to God. So today, as I outline the importance of the Messiah, we will see very clearly from this text that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. As a Messiah, Jesus Christ and Jesus as he walked, there must come a process of acceptance, even in the church. It's either you accept him as the Messiah or not. It's one out of the two you can't be in the middle. And today, from this text, Matthew 16, verse 1 to 17, I want to look at the negative attitude towards the acceptance of Jesus Christ by the Pharisees. As you, uh, the sister read eloquently the scripture today. And belief of the Pharisees, the Pharisees and the Sadducees shows so big time in this text. They said when they gather, when Jesus gather, they will show up and after the working of a miracle or a teaching, they will say, and from this text they say here, the text says in verse 1, the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. This is a sign of unbelief. Amen, church? 
So here, they consider Jesus as just a miracle worker. The Sadducees never considered, and Pharisees did not consider Jesus as the Messiah. They believe in other things, such as interpreting the skies. The text said, Jesus said and replied unto them, they can interpret the skies. They can tell you when rain will fall. They will tell you when it's overcast, the color of the sky. They will try to interpret what will happen. But yet, they cannot interpret the, the signs of the times in which Jesus was working. Amen, church? The Pharisee had wrong expression, the wrong expectation of Jesus. They saw him as something else. The Pharisees were dogmatic in their thinking. And I want you to listen to this carefully, my brothers and sisters, because this happened to us in our churches today and all over. They were dogmatic in their thinking. They saw God and make out God according to what they believe. Talk to me in the church. They were self-righteous. And self-righteous people have a way of deciding long ago who God is and what God is doing. Even when there is a new thing happening, they will say that God is not involved in this. So they were stuck in their own ways. They didn't want to accept anything new from God, and especially coming from the Son of God. Amen, church. They were self-righteous. The Pharisees did not take time out to learn from what God was doing. They believed they know everything about God. Think with me. We don't have people like that sometimes in our church. Dogmatic in their ways. Self-righteous. God, Christ is doing something new. And they refuse. They would rather fight against it than open their mind to the new revelation. Amen, church? They behave like they were a fourth member of the Trinity, if that was possible. They sit at the table of God and they know what God I do. That is how they behave. And this is how the Pharisees behave when Jesus walked this earth. They care nothing of what the Son of God would do. Because they were set in their own ways. They were expecting to Jesus to come born in a palace and sit on the throne of David. And because that did not happen, they did not read Jesus. They did not appreciate him or accept him as the true Messiah. They formed their opinion while God sent his son humbly to this world. Born in a manger. A manger is a feeding tree in a stable amongst animals. 
but yet he was the anointed one, the Messiah, the Christ. That was Jesus. The Pharisees were not interested, as I said, in Jesus as the Messiah coming from God. The Pharisees were still looking for the Messiah. And when the Messiah they in front of them, they were still looking for the Messiah. And today in this world and in our churches, we still have people that look out for things from God. When God even work things right in front of you. Mm. And because of their behavior, Jesus warned his disciples to beware of the leaven or the yeast of the Pharisees. Their influence and their impact, the spirit of unbelieving, could be devastating. to the church, our society. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were people elected to sit in the seat of Moses. In those days, they should represent God, but yet they are opposing the things of God because of their dogmatic intentions. Amen, church? They were not woman to new revelation that I said before from God. Jesus was more than a miracle worker, my friend. He is the Messiah. To gain this revelation, church, you must come to a place of self-denial and suffering. The Pharisees did not want to deny themselves. They did not want to suffer. For you to come into this new revelation from God, you have to drop that dogmatic spirit and what? Kill self, deny self, and suffer so that God can bring you into this new revelation. Yes, you will not see God's new revelation. Dogmas are dogmatic spirits has no place in the kingdom of God. Amen, church. The disciples, they were unbelieving to themselves. Not only the Pharisees and the Sadducees, also the disciples, they saw Jesus as a warrior messiah. They never saw Jesus as a spiritual messiah, my friends. Who will reestablish the kingdom of Israel? That is what the disciples saw Jesus as. Even when Jesus died, and was about to leave them, as you read in Acts chapter 1. The disciples were asking, when will you restore the kingdom of Israel? They didn't get it. 
my friends, that Jesus is the Messiah and it's about the spirituality of God. They saw him as his warrior Messiah who comes to defeat the occupied forces such as the Romans. That is what they thought God's son was. Peter had the same attitude, you know, as the Pharisees, you know. Peter, in this text, or in this chapter, tried to tell God what to do when Jesus was explaining his passion and his death. Peter said, no, 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 that can't happen. And that was the will of God and Christ. Jesus had to rebuke him. And said, get thee behind me, Satan. Rebuke him in a very forceful way. Because he was trying to interfere with the will of God. And sometimes that's the way we try to do the things of God. So I ask the question, the question again. Who do you say Jesus is? Is he the Messiah of God? Or is he a friend without commitment? Or is he your boopsy, one that you just use when you feel like to use? Or is he the Messiah from God? They were unbelieving. Jesus, or the Messiah, is our source. Look at the text. When they went in the boat and was going over to the other side, and Jesus said to the disciples, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. They said amongst themselves, because we forget the bread. And Jesus is saying, it's not about bread. Sometimes when we have big important things to deal with, you know, the first thing we come by, we might have food. Jesus is bigger than food, the bread. The bread is important, but it is not sufficient. It is insufficient. You eat the bread now and tomorrow morning you're hungry and you want some more bread. But when you have Jesus and when you have him as a source, you can't run out of food. So Jesus is saying, who did not get it? Who did not understand me, Aguan? Remember when I took the five loaves and multiply it through the grace of God and feed the 5,000? How much basket left over? How much you gather? Do you remember when I blessed the seven loaves and feed the 4,000? How much basket you have left over and gathered? With God, there is plenty in resource. It is unlimited. And they didn't get it. That the Messiah is our source and the only source. They had the Messiah with them right there. And they still was thinking about something inadequate. While the source 
of existence, the Messiah was with them. Let us quickly look at the positive attitude here quickly as I go through this message. Because they are still positive. Nevertheless, the disciples walked with Jesus for three and a half years. Although sometimes they were unbelieving. Listen to him, listening to his teaching and partaking in his miracles. And in the end, they believe. Today, as I outline who the Messiah is, we want to look at the proof of Jesus being the Messiah. And we want to look at some cause and effect here this morning, church. The disciples were what? Fishermen. There wasn't any creative people. Some of them never smart. Some, some people say Peter never smart. He was at the academy. They almost said Peter was a fool. But they walked with Jesus and was transformed by his teaching. Amen, church. They were transformed by Jesus' teaching. Miracles, his passion and suffering and resurrection. These were men who were afraid when Jesus died. They went back to fishing. They locked themselves into their houses. But when Jesus rose and appeared to them and they had an encounter with Jesus, they went out and they decided that they will die for Jesus Christ. Because they saw the fullness of the Messiah being fulfilled. To the confession of Peter in this text. Jesus said, who do they say I am? And they reel off a wallipa prophet's name and all of that great man of God. John the Baptist, Elijah, Jeremiah, and a lot. But Peter's confession was a revelation from God. God revealed it to them because Jesus replied to Peter when, Peter, when Jesus asked the question, who do you say I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood not revealed unto you. It was revealed to you by my Father. So the Father himself is revealing to the disciples, My Son is the Messiah, the Son of God. Amen, church. The prediction of his death was fulfilled. In scripture, you read it all over. They were eyewitnesses of his death and resurrection. And they were testimonies from the disciples about the work and the life and the resurrection of Jesus. And also Mary, who walked with him, hit with him, and was the first one to see him that glorious Sunday morning on the third day when he rose. The empty tomb, the evidence of the empty tomb proved that Christ Jesus was the Messiah. When they went back and looked, there was an empty tomb up to now. They can't find no remains inside that tomb. 
the appearance of over the appearance of Christ Jesus to over 500 people. Jesus appeared to over 500 people before ascending, including his doubtful brother James. James, who wrote the book of James, was one of the doubtful ones. He saw his brother die. And Jesus appeared to him. And he believed suddenly and began to do the work that his brother mandated him to do. So it proves that he was the Messiah. There is also testimonials from what? His detractors and his enemies. Josephus were a Jew because many Jews were detractors of Jesus in the time of Jesus. Josephus was a popular Jew and he wrote a lot about this Jew, this miracle worker who has the attribute of the, the attributes of a Messiah, the Son of God. Jesus and um, Judas Iscariot, the betrayer, the reason why he killed himself and wept bitterly when he betrayed Jesus, he found out that he had betrayed the one and true only Messiah, Jesus. So he wept bitterly and killed himself. Pilate! had the discernment to know that there was something about this man. When he tried to set Jesus free and the Jews and the religious establishment was adamant that he should be crucified, Pilate said, I wash my hands clean. His wife had a dream, said, don't touch this man. If you touch this man, something bad would happen to you. So the revelation came to them. Evil demons called Jesus the Son of God. What do you want with me, Jesus, the Son of God? So evil demons called Jesus the Son of God in his person and his works. And today, the final part of my outline is that I want to look at the necessity of the Messiah. Why we needed the Messiah. One, to do his redemptive work on our behalf. Jesus came to be an antidote to sin. To get rid of sin without the Messiah coming. Sin will be still here and there will be no reason for remission of sin. Because you have no one that will, would have done that. The Messiah came to suffer at the hands of men, wicked men, evil men, and die so that sins can be remitted. Amen, church. The sinful condition of man demanded it. Sin was rampant all over the world. From Malachi to the New Testament. Beginning Matthew, God has not spoken to his people audibly 
for 400 years until he sent his son, Jesus Christ, the Messiah. The holiness of God demanded it. God no want nothing. Record sin. God no wrap up in our sin. So he had to send the Messiah to deal with the situation of sin. The fulfillment of the prophecy to free his people, the Messiah came to free his people. And, it, and the separation from sin authority, that is one of the reasons why the Messiah came. So the Messiah came to separate us from sin, our past sins, our present sins, and our future sins. That is what the Messiah came and died for. The promise of his second coming, the Messiah must come back and retrieve his saints. Amen, church. To destroy the work of the devil. That is why the Messiah came. To fulfill the messianic hope coming to deliver and bringing salvation to us. Amen, church. The Messiah gives us eternal life, quality life for now and after. Amen, church. So Jesus is the Messiah. And I ask the question again, who do you say Jesus is, church? Let us apply the text quickly here as I preach. One, you must accept Jesus as the Messiah. We must first place what? Saving faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah. So we have to place faith first. It is all about faith, seeking, understanding. Sometimes we come in a church and we try to understand God first. And it's something to work out. Isaiah writes, who can fathom God? We don't have the wisdom of God. Our brain coming like a pea brain to God. So exercise faith. Know who the Messiah is when you exercise faith. Understanding will come to you of who the Messiah is. Two, in this application, Jesus said it, beware of false teaching, influence, and impact of this world. He was warning his disciples about the Pharisees. Now, when I say this world, I'm talking about the culture of this world, the money, and the education of this world. They do not uphold the, thing of, the things of God. The world is not a friend of God. The world is an enemy of God. The scripture said, if you are a friend of the world, you are an enemy of God. Beware, my friends, because sometimes even us in the church go there because of false teaching and we do a lot of things that is against God. My friends, surround yourself with true people of God. 
find some people, man, when serious about God. You can't find some people where you understand where a boat in a church, one foot in a church, and the next one in a world. Find some people who have denied themselves and who are suffering for Christ, and new revelation of God is coming to them. That is the people you need to surround yourself with. Sometimes as church people, you know, I mean, I say enough of friendly, I mean, I say if you isolate them. But friendship, I'm talking about friendship that is almost intimate, intimate. And I'm not talking about intimate sexuality, sexuality. I, I, I'm not talking about um, sexuality, or sexual things. They know you well. You consider them as a friend, a good friend. And they are not doing the things of God and you take advice from them. Three, deny yourself so you can be home to new revelation according to the scripture. Not try to play a God. God is God alone and himself. The Pharisees love to play a God. And today, in our church, if we still have some modern day Pharisees, who are playing God. God are doing a new thing in the church through some people. But you know, read them people there. You might have them fire. And you know, forgive. So you're the first one ready for jump and reload them file while God has changed them and doing a new thing in their lives. That is the problem with the Jews and the Pharisees. Jesus born in our stable, in our manger, in our animal feed the tree. How could he be the Messiah King? How could he be the son of David? How could he sit on the throne of David? But I want to say to those people who have the, the modern day Pharisees attitude, who oh dare you, God is God and God alone. Trust God to do the right thing. He always does. And make him your Messiah and Lord. Make Jesus Christ today your Messiah. Allah church. And in conclusion, in closing, don't be like the doting Pharisees who wants to see a sign. You know, mankind is fascinated by signs, you know. Show me a sign, show me a sign, show me a sign. But Jesus said, Jesus said, you will not see any sign except for the sign of Jonah. Jonah was in the wheel belly for three days and then the wheel spit him out. Christ Jesus was in the earth, for under the earth for three days and he rose again on the third day. That's the gospel. That's the sign. Look out for that, that Jesus has risen and he is your Messiah. That is your sign. That is the signs of the times. My friend, Get rid of the spirit of unbelief. 
my friend, we have too much unbelief in Christian. We have to see a sign first. God show me a sign while it is right in front of you. Have a positive attitude towards the things of God. Jesus is our Messiah and our only source for true prosperity and salvation. Accept him by faith today, friends. Beware of the influence around you and its impact. God sent his son to die for us. So we must deny ourselves and suffer in order to come into the fullness of God. For church, as I go, I want to ask the question again. Who do you say Jesus is? I thank you for listening to the word of God today. Amen. Amen.